making waves, inspiring change, opening doors to an equal future. Here on the Trapes and Globe on Wheels Disability Advocacy Podcast, host Ming Canada journeys with an array of guests through the multifaceted world of disability advocacy. Guests will share their insights and will discuss some of today's most crucial questions and topics, as well as provide perspectives into the current disability rights movement and lifestyles of people around the world. Let's make waves together in the disability movement. Enjoy the episode. Christina Ryan, welcome to the Trips and Global on Wheels podcast hour. Thanks so much for having me. Of course, we're so happy to have you. So you once wrote, I'm quoting you, I don't need to point this out, but there's not many of us in parliament in this country. We're not on the Australian Stock Exchange 200 boards. We're not even on the boards of the community sector, which is doing the work that supports us. We're not on TV or journalists, not the people driving public opinion. We just aren't the ones making the decision, and it will take an enormous effort to shift that, but that's what the DLI is going to do. We must be in those places as equal participants. So how has the Disability Leadership Institute, DLI, helped people with disabilities get into these spaces? We've done a number of things. The first one is to simply exist. The fact that the Disability Leadership Institute exists has changed the conversation. Before we were there, there was no specialist work being done on disability leadership, none at all. And the only uh, qualification for leadership programs involving disabled people was that you needed to be disabled to get into the program, but that was the end of it. No, that was it. Simply by existing, we've changed that conversation. One of the most common things people say to me is, oh, I, I never thought of that. Of course, they, they didn't. If you're invisible, if you're not in the room, people forget about you. That makes sense. Turning up and, and starting to talk about disability leadership has changed the conversation. We also have a number of things that we do. Um, we provide uh, a service where people can advertise their positions to all of our membership. Um, and so they ask us to share a board opportunity or they ask us to share a senior leadership opportunity. And we put that out to our membership so that more disabled people are encouraged to apply for positions. We're just at the beginning of that process. That is a long process. It's probably going to take many, many years to see any really tangible outcomes. Another thing that we do is we have a members community. And so by supporting disability leaders who are often, as I said, the only person in their organisation, they may feel very isolated. Um, they may be experiencing daily prejudice from colleagues and from the organisation as a whole. And so having, having somewhere to go where they can talk about the issues that they're facing, talk about their experiences and consider how they might address them, consider how they might um, um, change what's happening or how they can manage what's happening so that they're able to survive it, has, has really assisted people to, to break the isolation, to feel that they're able to continue. Um, and it must have been like this, you know, 40 years ago when women started moving into very non-traditional roles, um, when they first started moving into, into engineering and science and building and even politics, uh, certainly the law, um, women formed groups, network groups, to support them to survive 
being alone in a very male environment. We're doing something similar to that for disability leaders, supporting them to be on their own in a very non-disabled environment. Um, so that is a significant change. And I think the other thing that we're doing, which we are really quite proud of, is our major leadership program, where we work on using our disabilities as an asset in our leadership. No other program anywhere in the world does this. Um, and it's classic mainstream leadership work and theory but because we have a focus on using our disabilities and making sure that we are not hiding them, we're not trying to pretend they're not there, which is the usual thing that people do, we're using our disabilities, we're feeling confident about them, we know what they bring for us, we know how they help us to operate, we know the different perspective that they provide, and we also know the different ways that they assist us to operate. And everybody is slightly different, so it is different for everyone. But what we've seen for people who are going through that program, and certainly for the people who've graduated from it, the alumni group, is they operate very differently. It's that classic thing about if you're able to be your whole self, if you don't have to conceal or hide who you are, if you're not ashamed of who you are, then it makes a very big difference to how strong you can be and how powerful you can be. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. So now we're going to touch on disability at large. So you once said disability activism is particularly siloed. You can really get stuck in it, unquote. How do we get unstuck and come up with innovative ways to progress the disability movement? It is very siloed. Many of the people I know and have worked with over a long time have only ever done disability. That's it. And that's fine. We've got a lot to do. <laughs> so that's all right. The thing is, we're a really intersectional community. We're highly intersectional community. Um, you're talking about such a large proportion of the global population. So of course we're intersectional. We have a lot of touch points around other areas um, of disadvantage and marginalisation. So it's important that we recognise that. It's important that we work intersectionally, that we don't just stick within our narrow understanding of our own space. But I think there's something more than that, is we need to see more disability leadership in the mainstream. So going out there and, uh, for example, working in the environment movement, you know, and that's a huge space. It's global. There's a lot going on. Um, openly, being openly disabled in the environment movement. We know that climate change will have a massive impact on disabled people. We're always the first people to experience uh, difficulties when there's change. And we're seeing that with the current pandemic. You know, disabled people were the first people that had to become isolated and will be the last people um, at the end of it all. And yet we're not making the decisions. So it's really important that we get out there into the mainstream and start to use our skills, um, our knowledge, in that wider decision-making space. If we don't do that, for a start, we get forgotten because we're invisible. We're not in the rooms where decisions are being made. If we're invisible, people don't think about us when they're making decisions. We've seen a lot of that with responses to the pandemic. Um, there's had to be a lot of going back and thinking again and coming up with special disability plans when a lot of the other work had already been done weeks before. So if we're not getting out there and participating in the broader change-making space and the broader decision-making uh, areas, we are going to continue to be left to one side. 
we continue to be invisible. Disability will never be something that's factored in. So while we need to think about being intersectional, we also need to be making sure that the rest of the world remembers we exist. And the only way the rest of the world will remember us is if we're in the room with them. We have to be in the room. We won't be changing anything until we're in the room and we're part of the decisions. Mm -hmm. And the people are receptive to listening to us as equal members, right? Absolutely. If we're in the room, we must be in the room as equal participants. It's as simple as that. Um, not the token person with disability. And of course, because we are in most Western countries, we're 20% of the population. Globally, we're 15% of the population. That's mainly about how some countries count disability. So we know there's a lot more disabled people than are, than are counted for by the World Health Organization. But what it means is we need multiple people. We need 15 or 20% of people in a room to be disabled people. Then you get the diversity of our community and you get better decisions. Of course you do. Mm -hmm, exactly. So I know you do uh, some coaching in your work. What is your top coaching advice for leaders with disabilities? Uh, stop saying sorry. <laughs> it seems a bit funny and a bit trite, but um, I spend a lot of my time stopping people from saying sorry. Uh, we don't have to apologise for who we are. Um, we're all trained to say sorry. And in fact, what we have at the Disability Leadership Institute is a sorry jar. And every time somebody says sorry in one of our groups or in a coaching session, they have to put five cents in the jar. It's, it's a virtual jar, it doesn't really exist. Um, but some days we get a lot more money in the jar than others. And what we often see is people when they're under pressure, when they're having a bad patch, they might not be traveling very well um, for whatever reason, or when they're feeling uncomfortable if they're outside their comfort zone, they'll start to apologize. We have to stop apologizing. We are equal participants in the community. We are part of the world. We need to get out there and claim our space. We need to own it. Stop saying sorry. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and came away with some information that you can now take with you to create your own change. If you would like more information about Trapes and Globe Lawn Wheels, please visit trapesandglobelonwheels.com. And that's Trapesin, T-R-A-I-P-S-I-N. And for updates and other TGOW-related news, follow our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook, both with handles Trapes and Global on Wheels, and then also LinkedIn and Twitter. You can find the links below in the description box or on our main channel page. We sincerely appreciate your support, and we'll catch you again next time.